ladies, it's Brittany Brazel. The Lord has given me a passion for motherhood and homemaking. From that passion, a ministry has birthed no higher calling. There is no higher calling on my life than to be wife to Simeon and mama to my littles. I still have so much to learn, but as I continue to grow, it is my desire to share the truths God is teaching me. Ladies, welcome back to the No Higher Calling podcast. I hope you are having a wonderful December, enjoying the Christmas season with your family. I know last week on the podcast, I talked about all of our Christmas traditions, um, and that was such a fun podcast for me to share. I had so many people ask me to do a podcast on that topic, so I really enjoy getting to share that. Um, but I'm really transitioning more into a spiritual um, aspect of Christmas in this episode, which again is has been another really um, highly requested episode. You know, last one was a lot of fun, a lot of the festivities of Christmas, but I think it is so easy for us to get so caught up in all the, all the parties and the details and the traditions and all of that, that we just, we lose sight of the real reason of Christmas. And we come to Christmas Day as mamas and we just flop down exhausted and cranky and just like, I cannot wait for this to be over. Um, and, you know, I, I'm challenged in my own life and my own motherhood. I don't want it to be that way. You know, as much as I love all of the fun and festivities, I don't want it to take away from the real reason of Christmas. You know, I... We're going to be tired when we get to the end of December. It's just the way the month is. Um, but I, I want it to be a good tired. I was just talking to a friend earlier about how, you know, I don't want to get to the end of the month and just be like, I am so glad this is over and this is behind me and we don't have to deal with this for another 11 months. You know, I don't want it to be that way. I want to, I want to be that good tired, like, man, we have spent time with family. We have ministered to people. We have taught and trained and looked for every opportunity that we could turn our focus to Christ this season. And yes, I'm tired. Yes, I desperately need a nap. And yes, we're going to have to hit the reset button on some things in January. But God was glorified in this season as we tried to keep our focus on Him and achieve what He wanted us to accomplish in this month. And I think there are so many different opportunities, especially throughout this month of December, that we can really focus on on Christ, on why he came to earth, and teach that to our children. So that's what I want to talk about in this episode as we kind of transition between the fun and the traditions and all of that into the topic of keeping Christ the center of Christmas. And, you know, as I've been thinking about this, um, you know, I, I came to the verse in Luke 2.19. We're actually trying to memorize Luke 2, 1 through 20 as a family. We'll see how far we get with the little ones. Um, but we're trying to work through that throughout this month leading up to Christmas, memorizing this Christmas story. But when I get to verse 19, it says, But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Um, you know, that, that kind of has captivated my thoughts. And I feel like there is so much more there than what I have mined out of it to this point. But as I've just been really musing over that, thinking about all these things, what are all these things? Everything that God had been doing in Mary's life, in, in you know, the angel coming to her, in her going to see Elizabeth and seeing Elizabeth's miracle, in telling Joseph and watching God work in Joseph's heart, all the way traveling on this donkey to Bethlehem. There's nowhere for them to stay. 
landing in the stable, having this baby in the stable, just so many things. All those things Mary pondered on them. She mused on them. She thought about them. She just kind of chewed on them over and over, thinking about what God was doing in her life. And I, I really think that out of that, out of those ponderings, I, I have to imagine came just this worship and awe and reverence for the God who had guided her, who had chosen her, and who had worked in her life and in the life of her little family now as she looked into that sweet face of, of the Lord of baby Jesus and she pondered on all of those things. And, and as I'm thinking about this month, as I'm looking into the faces of my little ones, no, they are not the Messiah. No, they are not perfect children. They are not this miracle baby that was born on Christmas Day. But as I look into their into their faces, as I look at my husband, as we really try to have um, just this, this special emphasis on family time and loving one another and serving one another, I just, I ponder in my heart, all that God has done in my life to give me the miracles that he's given to me. And I feel like so much of those ponderings, so much of the worship that comes out of that reflection, you know, I'm thinking about the reflection that Mary had, really goes so far beyond this Christmas season, this month of December. And, you know, a few months ago, I did an episode on keeping, uh, or a Christ-centered family, I believe is what it's called. Um, and I, if you haven't listened to that, and this is a topic that you feel like you need to work on in your home, or you want to hear more on keeping Christ the center of Christmas, I would highly suggest you go back and listen to the episode that I did on being a Christ-centered family. Because as I've been pondering, as I've been reflecting, as I've been looking back over this Christmas season and beyond, I feel like I can't basically flip on a switch in December and all of a sudden have Christ be the center of everything that we do and try to focus on him in the midst of a billion distractions that pull at my attention, at my husband's attention, at my kid's attention. I can't flip on this magical switch that just says, oh, Christ is going to be the center of our home this Christmas. If Christ hasn't been the center of our home January through November, if Christ hasn't been the focal point of our home throughout the year, it's not going to happen in December. Um, so before I launch into just some of the ways that we try to keep Christ the center of our Christmas, I really feel like I need to establish that foundation. And I'm not going to take a bunch of time to share all of that. I'm just going to encourage you to go back and listen to that episode. If you've listened to it and it's been a while, re-listen to it. But just really think about, um, you know, just keeping Christ the center of your home always. And a lot of the things that I do that I work on in the home as I'm the mom and the wife, as I, as the woman of the home set much of the tone of the home, a lot of those things that I do throughout the year to try to keep Christ focused and the central point of our home spills into this month of December. Um, so like I said, I, I would just challenge you to go back and listen to that. And, and if you're stopping and thinking like, okay, well, you say it's too late. Here it's December. I want to keep Christ the focus. But I've been failing at that up until this point. It's never too late to start. You know, start now and go forward. Yes, it's it's easier. It's not such a stark transition in the Christmas season if you know, all of a sudden you're trying to give Christ preeminence. But if that's something that you have neglected to do, 
God will give you the power and the the victory you need in this area to say, hey, we're going to change things from this point forward and, and lead into the new year with Christ being the focus of our home. Um, but so let's jump into just some ways that we can keep Christ the center of Christmas. Some things that we do in our home, again, stemming from a lot of just what we do on a normal basis. And one is music. Um, if you've heard me talk very long, you know that music is a big part of our home, of our family culture, the power that music has. I believe was perfectly designed by God and anything that is perfectly designed by the Lord to bring him glory and really to benefit us as well. Satan wants to totally spin it on its head and, and twist everything that God intended and, and how he intended it to be used. And I feel like we see that so much in music. Music has a positive power, a God-honoring power, a, a, a means of worship as we worship Christ. But on the flip side, music has, a, it has the power to really put you in bondage, to enslave, um, to keep your mind full of things that try to exalt themselves over the knowledge of God. Um, but all that to say, so music is very powerful, and, and we've realized the power that Christ-honoring music has in our home. Um, I've, I've shared testimonies of how how God has used music to change the atmosphere and the attitudes within our home, in my own heart, how God has used that. Um, but we try on a continual basis to have Christ-honoring music playing in our home, and that does not change in December. It just takes on a little different form. Now, yes, we love the classics, you know, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and Let It Snow. And I'm not saying that those are these, you know, songs that Satan's used for his evil and glory. That's not what I'm saying at all. You know, when I was talking about that, I was talking about very worldly, um, you know, evil music. These are just, you know, those, those are just fun Christmas songs. But I try to remember what is most important. So we do listen to some of the fun songs, but I've tried, especially as my kids are growing up, and they love to sing. They love music. I realized really probably last year that they knew all of these fun secular Christmas songs, which again, weren't bad, but they knew all of these songs. But then when we went to sing Christmas carols, they didn't really know those. And I realized, well, my emphasis has been misplaced. Um, last year I played Pandora Christmas classics on repeat and that's where so much of that came from. And so I've been a little more intentional this year to, yeah, when we're decorating the tree or different thing, you know, we watch the Christmas movies and we sing all the fun Frosty the Snowman and all of those and, and we enjoy that. But I've been careful as we have kind of this continual music playing in our home. Um, again, I've shared before that we like to have hymns playing, um, just instrumental hymns in the background playing throughout our home really all day long. Um, we try to start that in the morning and we turn it off at bedtime. But I've been careful to let that music be these Christmas hymns, to be songs that speak of Christ, that testify of Christ. So while we enjoy the secular songs, while we sing those, and while I have fun teaching them to the kids, that is not the songs that are constantly on repeat in our home. We try to have those songs be these Christmas hymns, Christmas carols. Um, so that's just one area that we have 
really, I guess, I, again, as the wife and mom, the one that kind of controls, again, the atmosphere of the home, that I have been more intentional this year, more than ever, to just make sure that there's the proper balance, the proper emphasis in our home of having Christ-honoring music, music that speaks of Christ. Then, um, so that's one thing that we do in our home to really try to keep Christ the center of Christmas. Um, I mentioned briefly scripture memory. So this has been something um, that we've really kind of stepped up several notches in our home throughout this year. Um, we've been challenged in several different ways to memorize scripture more individually, to memorize scripture more as a family. Um, you know, and, and I've been amazed how I thought this as a young mom, and I've heard many other young moms think that like our kids are just little. They're not going to be able to memorize, you know, one verse or five verses or a whole passage. They can't do it. We're going to wait until they're older. And I actually heard a mom recently. I think she said her son was like 10-ish. And she said, she was like, you know, I, I just took it for granted that he would be able to commit to memory scripture passages. So we just didn't work on it. I thought, oh, we'll do that when he's older. And then he went to vacation Bible school this summer and our church's emphasis was the 10 commandments. And they really worked with the kids memorizing all 10 commandments. And she's like, he came home at the end of the week and had memorized all 10 commandments. And I realized I've been missing an opportunity all these years to put scripture into his heart and into his mind. And that was a challenge for me as a mama who has younger ones to not think that they aren't capable of more than they're capable of. Now, that doesn't mean I'm going to say, hey, we're you, you better have all of Psalm 119 memorized by Christmas Day. No. Um, but I do think they're capable of so much more than we sometimes give them credit for. You know, we do a lot of hand motions when we do our scripture memory. That helps my kids a lot. I know a lot of people put scripture to music. We do that a lot too. Um, but as we're working through, as mentioned, we're working through Luke 2, 1 through 20. Our goal is to have that memorized as a family by Christmas Day. I don't know how much that's going to happen. I hope that Daddy and I will at least be able to do it. Um but it's something that we're working on, you know, and we have hand motions for, you know, and it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree, you know, we hold up, pull out our hands like a little decree from Caesar Augustus. We make a little crown symbol with our hands. And I found with my littles that helps very much help them stay on track and know what comes next. Even Knox at three years old, we have been working, it's, um, Okay, I'll just tell you, I'm recording this early. So I'm recording this a week early. So we're two days into December, and we already have pretty well the first three verses memorized of Luke 2. And a lot of that comes from just repetition, repetition when we're driving, when I'm putting them to bed, when I'm brushing their teeth, when they're in the bathtub. Hey, let's go over our scripture real quick. Doing those motions again and again. And like I said, this has been kind of a renewed emphasis in our home, something that we've really tried to be more intentional about is scripture memory, but especially as we're in this Christmas season, trying to memorize the story together as a family already, you know, just a few days into it. I'm really enjoying what it's doing in our home, which is constantly keeping scripture before us. Again, like I said, we I look for any little window of opportunity that I can practice the verse or talk about the verse. Um, you know, hey, we're going to sit down to lunch. Let's play on our Bible app. Let's play through Luke 2 and just listen to it. Um, so that's been an extra emphasis of God's word, memorizing God's word, committing it to our memory, committing it in our hearts. And then beyond that, we always um, try to do some type of 
like in our family devotional time, it usually looks a little bit different in December than it does throughout the year because we try to give that added emphasis to teaching our kids the Christmas story. So I want to make a very clear distinction here when I say the Christmas story because this is something that my pastor has done a magnificent job of and really has changed the way I see the Christmas story is realizing that the Christmas story doesn't stop in the manger. You know, yes, we have all the care. We have Mary and Joseph and the angel and then baby Jesus. But I think so often we leave the story in our teaching with our kids, uh, you know, we, we just ended at Christmas with this baby in the manger. Or, you know, maybe we go a little bit further to when he's a toddler and we get the wise men. Um, but I think there's so much more. We're, we're missing a key opportunity to share the gospel with our kids, with our family, with really anybody that God gives us the opportunity to share the gospel with if we can find the Christmas story to a baby in the manger. Because while I am so thankful that God sent Jesus to be a baby in a manger, that he gave that miraculous virgin birth, God didn't just send Jesus to be a perfect human and to be a baby in the manger. No, there was a, there's a bigger picture. Why did God send his son to earth as a baby? What, what was even the point? What is the point of the Christmas story? And it goes so far beyond that manger. It goes from the manger to the cross, but it Thank the Lord it doesn't even end at the cross. It goes from the cross to the tomb to the resurrection of Jesus Christ and ultimately to us looking forward to his second coming. So our pastor has taught us, go beyond the manger. Take the Christmas story beyond the manger and use use this month, use this extra emphasis. You know, we always want to be teaching our kids the gospel, but because God's given us this special month to really focus in on what he did for us as mankind, use this opportunity as a gospel opportunity in our kids' lives, in our teaching, in our home. And that's something that, you know, especially as our kids are now, you know, our oldest is five, we try to talk a lot, keep the gospel just constantly in our conversations as we're trying to help them see their need for a savior. Don't miss this opportunity, ladies, in your homes to take the Christmas story beyond the manger to teach them this is why God sent his son as a baby. He sent him because we are sinners and we have a sin debt that needs paid. But Christ came and lived a sinless life. He was the only one that could pay for our sins. And and he did. He willingly submitted himself to the will of the Father, to the cross. He hung on the cross. He died. He took our sins upon him, was buried three days later, rose from the grave victorious over sin, death, and hell. And Okay, where so where does that bring us now? That brings us to a decision. We are born sinners, and we have to make the decision to accept the gift that Christ gave, or I'm sorry, the gift that God gave to mankind or to reject it. And we often talk about, yes, Jesus was God's gift to earth as a baby in the manger. But but I, I feel like that's such a, a confined part of the gift that God gave. The gift that God gave was Jesus Christ and all that, that that means. And that means 
the Savior and the Messiah and Emmanuel, God with us, God with us, not just as a baby in human form and flesh, but God with us for eternity when we come to know him through salvation. So I think that is such an important thing that God has really used to capture my heart through the ministry of the church that I'm involved in and the emphasis of our pastor is as you're keeping Christ the center of your home at Christmas to use these opportunities to be gospel opportunities, to teach your kids about why Christ came and what that means to us. And it, and it ultimately, it brings you to an action. You know, you either, and I, you know, I understand kids are little, my, my kids are still young, they're not fully understanding everything, so that action looks a little different for them. But bringing our kids to the understanding of, hey, you're going to have to make a choice to accept the gift that God gave or to reject it. And these are the outcomes. But this is what God intended. This is what he wanted for you. All those years ago, he sent his son Jesus as a baby for you to cover your sin debt. Um, and, and that has looked different how we have incorporated that into our home. Again, like I said, we have little, little ones. So it doesn't look like it will as we try to make that emphasis in 5, 10, 15 years. Um, but last year, I have a blog on uh, a blog post. You can find that. I also have it linked in my Instagram bio. Um, we kind of did like an Advent countdown to Christmas, studying through different attributes of God and all that we receive in Christ when we accept him through salvation. This year, we're doing something a little bit different. We are using Gather Around Homeschool, and they have a Christmas unit that is just a wonderful picture of the Christmas story, of what God, again, that whole gospel picture. So we've been doing that kind of in our family Bible time slash homeschool, studying through the Christmas story, and then leading that into presenting the gospel to our kids. But just having those conversations, keeping that focus in our home as we study through the different characters and just the life of Christ, really. And I know it's been a huge thing on social media this year, the whole countdown to Christmas by reading a chapter of Luke 2 um, every day. So you start on the first, all the way to Christmas Eve, reading a chapter of Luke 2, it'll take you through the entire life of Christ. And I think that's a great idea because, again, you're not stopping at Luke 2. You're not stopping at the baby. You're going on to see the full picture of the gift that God extended to man. So I think that's a great way, whether you do that personally or with your family. And I know by the time this episode comes out, we're going to be like halfway through December already. So if you didn't start with that emphasis, just pick it up. You know, make up what you haven't done to this point or launch forward from here on. Um, but just work to make Christ that emphasis in your home, keeping him the center of Christmas. Um, so music, scripture memory, um, using these family Bible times, our, our devotional time as a family to have um, just that gospel emphasis, see the full picture of Christmas. And, you know, just something that I'll say to challenge myself and you guys can just hear me preaching truth to myself here, but I can't have Christ be the center of my home. I can't create that atmosphere um, of a Christ-centered home if if my heart is not centered on Christ. And I think so much as mamas, we want all the Christmas magic. We want everything to be perfect. We want to make 
just all the memories that our kids are going to cherish and talk about till the end of time, you know, and then, then we see social media and all these different things that show, well, like, well, her elf in the shelf was better than my elf on the shelf. Or, you know, we just get into this whole comparison thing and then we start feeling like, oh my goodness, well, I'm not giving the kids the Christmas that, that th these people had. Or we get obsessed about giving them better Christmases that, than we had as kids. And, and I think there's just so many things you know, there's just distractions, distractions on every level. You know, what distracts my kiddos at Christmas are not going to be the things that distract mommy at Christmas. Um, but nonetheless, I still face my own distractions, whether it's pride or jealousy or just allowing my heart and mind to be consumed with things other than Christ. And I feel like just wrapping up this thought of keeping Christ center in Christmas, in your home, as you try to teach your kids, he's got to be center in your own heart and life. So like I said, yes, are we going to be tired? Are we going to be busy? Is December going to be insane? I, I don't think I've talked to any of my friends or my mama's where they're like, yeah, my calendar's just completely open. We're not doing much this month. No, I think all of us look at our calendar and we're like, how is this going to happen? Um, and, and you know, it, it's fine. Tis the season. But I just, we got to keep that, that right priority. We have to make our own walk with Christ intentional, purposeful, and a priority in our hearts and lives. Because as as I say so many times, I, I love this expression that Scott Pauley, uh, evangelist Scott Pauley uses, is just out of the overflow, out of the overflow, out of the overflow of Christ working in my heart and in my life, out of the overflow of me studying through this Christmas story and, and Christ's life and his death and his resurrection. And as I look forward to him returning out of the overflow of my love and my worship and my adoration, it spills into my home. It spills into my husband and into my children. And all of that works together to keep Christ the center of, of at least our Christmas. That's, that's how it has happened in my heart and life and in my home. So I hope this episode was a blessing to you. I hope it gave you some food for thought. And I, I hope that each one of us take a deep breath, step back, and just remember what is most important. And it is investing into the people that God has put in front of us. For me, that's my man and that's my three little ones. And you know, when I look at them, they are eternal souls that God has given me the privilege of day in and day out investing in. And I don't want to miss any opportunity to to give them truth, to fill their hearts with truth, to fill their hearts with, with yes, the joy of the season and the wonder of the season and fun memories and smells and foods and things that are just going to make our home culture, our home culture, where, you know, when they grow up, they have such fond memories of Christmas with mommy and daddy, you know, but beyond that, I want them to have hearts that are rooted in the truths of God's word, that, that that is what will also go with them wherever they may go one day. Um, and ultimately, I pray that all of that investment, all of that teaching, all that giving them the gospel, always bringing it back to the gospel, will 
convict my kids' heart of their sins. We'll see them saved. We'll see them consecrate their lives to Christ and to follow him and to fulfill the purposes that he has for them. So it's such a bigger picture in my mind than even just the Christmas season. Yes, I want Christ to be center, to be focused. I want to have a Christ-centered Christmas, definitely. But I want to live a Christ-centered life myself. I want to model that for my kids as they're learning. They're, they're watching me. They're watching my example. What am I picturing for them as I say I want to live this Christ-centered life? Am I doing that? Am I, like I said, January through November, are we living a Christ-centered life? Um, so that's my challenge for you today, ladies. In the hustle and bustle, we're smack in the middle of December. Um, you've survived this far. You'll make it another few weeks, but I just, I pray that you will pause, remember what's most important and invest in what is most important because it takes work. It really does take work. Um, and I just, I think it's, it's work. It's worthy work. It's work that we need to do. So I hope that you all have a blessed Christmas season. I will close this episode in prayer and I will join you next week. Father, I thank you for the gift of your son. I thank you for just all that that entails, Lord. I think we could mind scripture. We could ponder on the miracle of Jesus as Mary did for the rest of our lives. We will, Lord, for all eternity. We will ponder on who you are and who you are to us, and it will never be exhausted. We'll never run out of things that lead us to worship of you, Lord. But I pray that you'll just help us as it is a busy season, as there are so many distractions, as there are so many demands. Lord, I pray that we will keep the right priorities, that you will be preeminent in our hearts and lives as women, and that that will spill over into the lives of the people that you've given us to touch, Lord. I pray that you will be honored and glorified in this Christmas season. I pray that we will take the opportunities to share the gospel that you present to us, Lord, but I pray that it won't stop on December 25th. Lord, I pray that this will just be the launch point for us as women as we try to be very purposeful about this, that it'll just spring into the new year and that it'll be our whole year, Lord, our whole lives as we just seek to glorify you in, in all that you give us to do, Lord. I thank you again for who you are and for all that you've done for us, Lord. Help us to to teach that to our children, to to model that in our lives, and just to celebrate that as we celebrate your son and the gift that he is. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope that this episode has brought much glory to Christ, encouraged your heart, and strengthened you to be the wife and mother that God has created you to be. Thanks for listening.